What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all about love and money, how the two are connected, and how our lack mentality can get in the way and sometimes affect both areas of our life. So before we dive into this juicy goodness, I have a very exciting announcement reminder for you guys. If you haven't seen already on my Instagram or in my Monday email, next Sunday, August 8th, I am hosting a free abundance activation workshop. So this workshop is going to be so much fun and so powerful because it is on the 8th of August, 8-8, which is also known as the Lion's Gate portal. So I'm going to explain a lot more about the Lion's Gate and what is actually going on there inside of the workshop. But all you really need to know is that astrologically, this is one of the most powerful days of the year to be able to manifest quickly and effectively and attract that energy of money, abundance, and prosperity. So I'm hosting a free workshop for you guys where I'm going to run you through some activation activities. We are going to do interactive things like I'm going to guide you through visualizations. I'm going to give you journaling prompts. We're going to do some EFT tapping at the end. So it's going to be a really great opportunity for you to just sit down and be able to tap into this amazing energy that's coming through in the Lionsgate portal. And it's completely free. So if you haven't already signed up, you are not going to want to miss us on the 8th. So the link will be in the show notes for you guys below this episode and also at the link in my bio on Instagram at underscore Samantha Daily. I really, really hope to see you guys there. It's going to be so potent and so powerful. Oh, and it's the new moon which is all about manifesting, setting intentions, beginning anew. So if you're wanting to create something new in your life, if you're ready for an up level, if you want to attract abundance, like let's all just sit in community together and capitalize on this powerful, potent energy and do those powerful activities that are going to help us get in the right energy to attract our dreams and manifest our desires. So you know what to do. Head to the description below this episode, click the link or go to the link in my bio and sign up. I will see you on Sunday the 8th. All the details will be sent to your inbox. All the things just wanted to remind you guys in one extra spot in case you missed it so far, but you are not going to want to miss the workshop. Okay, now let's get into today's episode. I obviously love the topic of money. I have an entire course about money called Cosmic Cash and love and money are two things that are very connected and so I'm excited to dive into the details of all of that with you guys today. So let's go ahead and dive right into this episode. Welcome to the Makeshift Happen podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Daly entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up-level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down if you're coming along for the ride. Let's go make shift happen. So to 
to start off, let's just jump into the difference between lack mindset and abundance mindset, which I'm sure you are all familiar with. But in general, a lack mindset is kind of looking at the glass half empty, whereas an abundance mindset would be looking at the glass half full. So in a lack mindset, this is, you know, things like feeling like you're the victim versus an abundance recognizing that you are in control of your life and choosing to take radical responsibility over your thoughts, actions, beliefs, behaviors, all the things, right? So some other differences would be in a lack mindset, maybe thinking that things are always too expensive or in an abundance mindset, believing that, you know, nothing is too expensive because you can afford anything, just not everything all at once, right? Or in a lack mindset, seeing everything as a competition or viewing that others have more of you and seeing that as jealousy versus in an abundance mindset, really being able to look around at all the things that you have and feel grateful and believe that you have all that you need. And when you see others that have something that you want, rather than taking it as a sign of of jealousy, you take it as a sign of inspiration of, oh, that exists in the world. It's possible, right? That person has it, which means I can have it too. Yeah. Uh, a lack mindset might prevent you from being able to take risks. You just avoid risks because you're afraid of losing things or looking stupid or failure, all those things, right? Whereas in an abundance mindset, you understand that it's necessary to take a certain level of risk in order to get where you want in life and you are open and available for that level of healthy risk. Again, lack of mindset is like fearing change and an abundance mindset would be embracing change, right? Lack of mindset would be not wanting to share your knowledge or give things away for free because you're afraid that people will copy you or, you know, that you won't get paying clients if you give too much away for free. Like if you are someone who's wanting to start a business or run an online business of any kind, this is one that we that we really run into, myself included, of how much do I give away for free? You know, if you listen to the podcast, I give you guys a lot of shit for free. Like I get messages from people a lot being like, the po- I've been listening to the podcast for two weeks and it's changed my life. You know, and sometimes I'm like, that is amazing. And I love that I'm able to help people so much for free. But then if my lack mindset kicks in, I might be like, oh my gosh, am I giving too much away? Like, you know, these people should be in my communities. They should be in my, in my programs. They should be my clients. You know, like I should be compensated for the value that I'm providing of changing people's lives. So I have to check myself on that one sometimes as well. But lack mindset would be, you know, that fear of giving things away or not wanting to share your knowledge and the abundance mindset would be opening up and sharing willingly, right? And giving your knowledge away and believing that there's enough room at the table for everybody and trusting that the abundance is going to continue to flow and the more that you give, the more that you receive, all that kind of stuff, right? So this is just the basic difference that I'm sure all of you already know between lack mindset and abundance mindset. But in terms of, you know, like how do we identify a lack mindset in ourselves? Unless it's, you know, one of these specific things that I mentioned, you might be able to pull that out and be like, hmm, okay, I feel that for myself a little bit. So let's go deeper and examine that and look at how that's showing up. But basically, you know, lack mindset is anywhere where you desire something, where your true authentic self desires something, 
but you don't feel like you can have it or you don't feel like you can do it in that way or you don't feel like you could achieve it or you desire that thing, you desire something genuinely, but you turn around and you make choices or do behaviors that kind of go against it, right? So you're acting in opposition of the desire. This is a lack mindset, yeah? So think about lack mentality in other areas of your life, right? So we're going to talk today about love and money specifically and how they're very connected. So an example of this is, you know, you may you may know what you want in an ideal partner, but then you turn around and you continue you continue to settle for something that's less than that or it's less than what you truly deeply desire because you're acting out of fear, right? You're acting out of that lack mindset that, oh, maybe there won't be anybody else or maybe this is the best that I can get or maybe that this is all that there is, right? So if you're in opposition of what you know you deserve and desire in other areas of your life outside of money, specifically in love based on our conversation today, then you're going to want to look at your relationship to money as well, okay? So if you're in a lack mentality with love, you're going to be able to start to see how that might be connected in your finances and it's showing up there as well. And so using this as sort of a roadmap to help you get to the root of where your lack mentality comes from. Because if we have a lack mindset of any kind in any area of our life, it's sort of like we have lack mindset beliefs that are this umbrella or blanket over every area of our life that we walk into. So if you're experiencing a sort of lack mindset around love or relationships, but you're like, oh, I don't think I have a lack mindset around money. This is the cue, the invitation to think again and just open, expand your idea of, of, you know, if that's possible and to investigate a little bit deeper your relationship to money, right? So this is important and I talk about this a lot, but I'm going to note it again. Even things that we may claim that we want and that we desire on a conscious level can still feel scary or unsafe to our subconscious, right? So you may think or know that you want a relationship on a conscious level, but what about having a relationship might actually be scary to you on a subconscious level? Yeah. So what has your, what have your relationship experiences been in the past? And why might your subconscious mind be trying to protect you from experiencing that again? So if you're desiring something, if you're wanting something, if you're pushing towards something, whether it's a relationship or more income or more financial abundance or freedom or whatever, right? We're going to start to investigate like, okay, why might I not actually want that? Yeah, what may be going on on a subconscious level where I'm keeping myself from achieving that thing as a way to protect me from having a sort of negative experience. And so with this relationship example, it may also be the opposite, you know, like maybe being single is the thing that's scary to your subconscious. 
You know, you might be in a relationship that you're not fully fulfilled by, but you somehow, you just can't let go. You just can't leave. So why can't you seem to leave relationships or even friendships that don't feel 100% amazing and fulfilling and exciting to you, right? Why is, why is it that something is better than nothing is sort of part of your mental programming? You know, what is your experience of being alone or on your own or single or, you know, maybe you have an experience that you were left out or not included in friend groups. And so now the idea of willingly letting go of a friendship that's no longer serving you is really hitting that nerve or touching up against that subconscious programming from something that happened in your childhood, right? So, you know, a lot of people would think, Uh, No, I want a relationship. I'm ready for a relationship. I really want a relationship. And on the other side of the coin, people may think I want more money. Like I definitely am ready for more money. Like what could go wrong with having more money, right? So it's ridiculous, Sam, for you to insinuate that there's a part of me that doesn't want the relationship or that doesn't want the money, right? Why wouldn't I? But that's exactly it. That's exactly the point is the question that we have to start to ask ourselves is, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I want the relationship? Why wouldn't I want more money? And the fact of the matter is, is just that not everybody is going to be at a place where they're ready to do that work and to access that level of vulnerability or to take the radical responsibility of understanding Everything I have and don't have in my life at the moment is a reflection of my constructed identity and is, in part, my own doing. Not everybody's ready for that. And that's okay. If you're at a place where you're not ready for that, that's okay. But if you are, if you're listening to this, you probably are, right? You're probably someone who's in the work or wanting to do the work or is excited about this type of stuff and really wants to uncover those blocks that may be holding themselves back. So you know, asking yourself, what about having more money or more independence or more freedom or the ability to choose for myself? What about that could be potentially deep down terrifying to me, right? Like maybe having more money means you have a lot more decisions that you have to make and you have an identity that you are very indecisive or that you're incapable of making decisions or that you need guidance because you're afraid that your own decision will be wrong, right? Or how are you going to manage the money, you know? Or how are you going to, what are you going to do with the freedom and independence of not being in a relationship? What is that going to mean about you? What are you going to do with your time? Like, is that scary, you know? And again, just reminding you, like, these aren't typically conscious thoughts or ideas that you're having, although to some degree they might be. But what's really common is that this is below the iceberg type stuff, right? So we have to dig a little bit to think, you know, what part of myself potentially wouldn't want the relationship or wouldn't want to be single or wouldn't want more money, yeah? There's some deep subconscious programming that we're not even aware of, but it's impacting our decisions and behaviors and our willingness to do or not do what it might take to actually get the thing that we're saying that we want, 
Yeah, I hope this is resonating with you guys and I'm not getting too crazy or confusing you. But this is another concept that um, I like to talk about and I've been thinking about a lot recently, which is that your subconscious mind is never going to make you a liar. And I wish I could remember the first place that I heard that that I heard it worded in that way, but I love that. The subconscious mind will never make you a liar. Now, what this means is that if you believe something to be true in your subconscious, you will see it to be true in your physical reality because your subconscious mind will never want to make you a liar. You know, one of our most primal needs is to behave in a way that is consistent with who we believe ourselves to be. We must behave in a way that is consistent with our subconscious constructed identity of who we are. And this is why cognitive dissonance is used as a marketing technique, right? Because when you feel that you are acting out of alignment with your values or who you believe yourself to be, you're going to get physically uncomfortable in your body, literally. And it's going to influence you to change your behavior or to buy a product or to change your patterns, right? Sometimes this happens with um, being like an animal lover and, you know, the, the tactics that are used in order to sway people towards being a vegetarian or pursuing veganism is cognitive dissonance of like, well, aren't you an animal lover? So why are you murdering animals, right? I'm not saying any opinions <laughs> about like, whether what I believe in terms of veganism and animal cruelty and all that stuff. But I think that's just a really good example to show you how cognitive dissonance is used and how it's very, very real, right? This is a psychological fact. We know that it works to change human behavior because of how strong our need is to be in alignment with who we believe ourselves to be, right? So if we know that our actions and behaviors are going to be so strongly influenced by who we believe ourselves to be, then wouldn't it only make sense that the best place to start is with who we believe ourselves to be? The best place to start to make change is within those subconscious belief systems because our subconscious is never going to allow us to be a liar. So if you truly believe on a deep level that you are a morning person, that you are productive with your time, that you love money and money loves you, that everything is always working out for you, that it's easy for you to see the positives, that you're grateful for everything in your life, if you truly believe all those things, you will start to robotically move through your life and have actions and thoughts and words and behaviors that align with that because your subconscious wants you to be right. It's always proving you right. But on the other hand, if you have this lack mindset in place where you believe there's not enough to go around and all guys are assholes and dating in this day and age is really hard and you know making money requires hard work and sacrifice and not that many people achieve that type of success and becoming a millionaire is really rare and whatever other beliefs are in there, you will see that to be true, right? This is the power of the subconscious mind. I'm sure you know this. If you listen to the show, we talk about this a lot. <laughs> so we know this, right? We know that the conscious mind only makes up 5 to 10% of our overall awareness. It's a fact. It's just a, it's just a fact. 5 to 10% of our overall awareness is the conscious mind. 
right? So everything that you are thinking and processing and seeing and doing on a daily basis is only 5 to 10% of your overall awareness. That's a really small percentage, right? Which means the other 90 to 95% of things is hidden deep below the surface, beneath the, the, the iceberg, right? Below the surface of the water. It's that subconscious programming. And this is why we will do things or say things and then think to ourselves like, oh, why do I always do that? Why can I not stop doing that, right? Why is that a habit that I have? Why am I like this? Why can't I just stop? Why do I always get so defensive? Or why can't I stop biting my nails? Or why can't I just say how I feel? Why do I close off in situations of confrontation? Or, you know, like why, 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 why? We have so many questions of why. The answer to the why is the fact of the subconscious, right? Because you've only got 5 to 10% of your overall awareness in the conscious mind. So that part of you that's questioning these patterns and behaviors and being like, oh, why can't I do this differently? I'm going to change. Tomorrow I'm going to start this. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to believe this. It's only 5% of who you actually are. So it's not going to make that much of an impact in terms of changing how you actually show up in the world until you adjust it and change it and rewire it on a subconscious level. Yeah? I hope this is making sense for you guys. Which is why, you know, therapy and coaching, counseling, all these things are really, really powerful at radically changing people's lives because that's the shit that allows them to go below that 5 to 10% and actually get in and rewire some of those thoughts and beliefs. Because you can't consciously think your way into a newer, better version of your life. You just can't. You've probably been trying to do it before and you'll know. It just doesn't work, right? Because if we could just think, oh, I'm going to be this way and I'm going to start doing this and I'm going to act in this way and I'm going to change in this way and I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing, then we all would have fucking done it already, right? If we could just think our way into a new life and a new version of being, then we would have fucking done it already, (laughs) right? Oh, that's why. Oh, that's why I haven't manifested the thing. That's why I haven't attracted the partner. That's why I'm not a millionaire yet, right? So, you know, the biggest mistake that we make is when we decide that we want more love or more money or more success or more anything and we choose to start with action. It's the biggest mistake. Action is obviously important. You know, if you listen to me and if you follow my manifestation process, that action is a huge part of getting where you want to go and manifesting what you want. But it's not really the first step, right? Because people think that, oh, I want a relationship, so I'm just going to get on a dating app. Or I want more money, so I'm just going to start working overtime. Or I'm going to cut back on my expenses and save more, right? They go right for the action. And they haven't even addressed the shitty stories and beliefs and patterns that are deep in their subconscious. So it's not going to work. It's not going to be enough. You must start with the belief, right? You can get on the dating apps, but if you haven't looked at your beliefs and checked in with your lack mindset when it comes to love and relationships, you're going to be swiping on people who don't actually fully excite you, who don't deserve your time and attention, Or you're going to continue to find 
fuck boys because somewhere in your mind you have created a story that's all that's out there. Those are the only kinds of people that are on apps, right? Or you're going to continue to find nobody that you're interested in because some part of you believes that that's what it's going to be like when you get on the app, right? That there's not going to be the person out there or that it's really hard to find them, yeah? And with money, you know, pushing harder or saving harder, right? You can go ahead and take that action. You can push harder. You can work overtime. You can get a second job. You can save more. You can hoard more. You can budget more. But if you haven't addressed the stories, both of those action approaches are only going to get you so far, right? It's only going to get you so far if you still deep down believe that you could never be a millionaire or that you don't trust yourself enough to manage large amounts of money. Or that becoming rich changes people and it makes them stuck up or detached from reality or greedy or cheaters or power hungry, right? If we have any of these beliefs going on below the surface, the action is not going to be enough. It'll do something, right? I'm not saying it's not going to do anything. It'll do something, surely. But it's not going to give you the full result that you want, right? So that's a big mistake is just going right for the action, trying to solve it with doing and not actually taking into account what's going on below the surface and who am I being and who do I believe myself to be, yeah? And so what I want to touch on today as well with love and money is their connection and how they kind of show up in relationship. So as you guys may know, I've shared some things about this before, but this is just like kind of common knowledge. I feel like disagreements around money and finances are one of the biggest predictors for divorce and breakups. So, you know, if you're in a new relationship with someone and you're already like fighting about money or there's like weird awkwardness around money or you're uncomfortable around money with your partner, like solve that shit (laughs) as soon as possible because disagreements around money and finances statistically is proven to be the biggest predictor of divorce or breakup, right? 48% of Americans who are married or living with a partner say that they argue about money. So that's, you know, 50%, which is about the same as the divorce rate. So we can see the connection there. And 76% say that money is the leading cause of stress in their life. 51% of millennials admit to having duped their partner in money matters of some kind, meaning that they lied about their money situation or they have secret accounts that their partner doesn't know about or they have savings that their partner doesn't know about or they have debt that their partner doesn't know about, right? 51%. Yikes. We need some more honesty up in this bitch. <laughs> so, you know, I, I I bring up these statistics just to remind us all that if we want to have thriving relationships and bank accounts, it's not just about doing the bare minimum or pushing more or doing more action or being okay with how things have always been. Ooh, that's a story that I wish I could kill twice over. Like, oh, it's just always been this way, right? No, goodbye. Hate that story in any version of reality. So it's it's about us seeking growth 
Yeah, in order to have thriving relationships and bank accounts, we have to be seeking growth in these areas, right? And so the idea of money and love being connected, we can see this, you know, in a lot of ways. We can see it, like I just mentioned, in the relationship statistics. We can see it in our families and how we relate to family members. And I'm sure you have different family members that have different financial views from you and how that creates different friction there or you know, being afraid to ask for money from people that you love. And it even shows up in astrology, right? Because Venus is the planet that rules both love and money. So, you know, I think it's it's important to learn these tools that are going to help us improve our relationship with money so that we can also improve our relationship to our partners, like our romantic relationships, you know? It's kind of cool that it's this this sort of like symbiotic thing, right? When you improve one, you improve the other. And I know there's a lot of coaches out there as well that talk about the connection between sexuality and pleasure and money, which is a whole other conversation that I don't have time to get into today. But, you know, I'd love to have someone on the podcast maybe that we can talk about that with because it's another super interesting way to just look at how when you open yourself up to more pleasure and exploring your sexuality more and being more comfortable in it and allowing that in, you sort of enter that energy or frequency of abundance as well. So anyway, you know, in terms of like money getting in the way of relationships and the happiness and success of our relationships, it's, you know, not a secret that a lot of couples have their main arguments around money. And it's mainly because they have a difference in spending habits, you know? So like one person probably spends more freely and the other person is a little bit cheaper or tighter or more organized, however we want to word it, with their money, you know? And so I think, again, it's just this willingness to seek growth and be honest and do the work and share and be real with each other. And this applies also to the debt conversation of, you know, who has debt and who doesn't. Is debt a red flag for you? Or is it a red flag for your partner? And so then you're going to hide the fact that you have debt, right? We can get in some really bad relationship situations just from tiny little stupid lies like this because we haven't dealt with our shit around money. We haven't dealt with our shame around money. We don't understand our relationship to money on a deep level and we're not comfortable with it. And then, you know, there's the the power dynamics too. If one person in the relationship makes a lot more than the other person or they are, you know, debt-free and the other person is not or the other person makes significantly less money or maybe they stay home with the family and take care of the kids, right? Like how does that influence the energy and is there an open conversation being had about that? Because that's a really easy way to start to solve a lot of this stuff is having open, honest authentic conversations about it rather than just being like oh, I feel so awkward because my partner makes more and so he or she spends more than I do and I feel bad about it in the relationship which makes me feel like I need to be super productive at home while they're at work and so I need to do all kinds of housework and have everything done and cleaned and organized because that's my way of feeling worthy because if I'm not making 
equal or more money than my partner, I feel unworthy, right? There are so many stories that are connected to money that also affect our love life and relationships and vice versa, right? Like what happens if you lose your job or you get pregnant and you decide that you're going to want to stay home and be a stay-at-home mom and take care of the kids? Or what if your partner has like this dream of something that they want to create or a side hustle or a passion project or they want to explore like a new career path and quit their job? Like how is that going to play out, right? What is the conversation going to be there? Is there going to be fear? Is there going to be lack mindset like built into that? Is there going to be unspoken uncertainty or fear or are you going to prevent your partner or potentially your partner prevent you from being able to go after your dreams and do what you want to do because of their fear and their lack mentality around money like just to get I'm just trying to give you guys lots of examples to play with and kind of see how this could show up in your life now or potentially in the future and just how connected love and money truly, truly are, right? Because all these things that I've mentioned seriously impact our relationships. Whether you're in a committed relationship, in a marriage, you're dating, or you're just like in your relationship with yourself, (laughs) right? Like, and your relationship with money. It's all, it's just, it's all impacted by these subconscious stories. And if we haven't been willing to go there and learn more about this stuff and do the deep inner work required to start to actually change how we see ourselves and our identity and our sense of self-worth and our ability to step into that abundance mindset, then we're going to run into some of these struggles for sure. So to close the episode today, I wanted to give you guys some journaling prompts around love and money and this is kind of, you know, about if you're in a relationship and just exploring what there may be, like where there's work to be done essentially and what you can kind of reflect on. So I'm going to go ahead and list off these prompts. If you guys want to grab your notes app or a pen and some paper, pause it here, come back and write down these prompts. The first one is, How would you rate your conversations around money from one being stressful or argumentative to 10 being expansive and like a co-creation? So this could be with your partner or this could be with other relationships that you have in your life, right? Adapt these prompts to what makes sense to you, yeah? So thinking about your conversations with other people around money in general, rate them from one to 10. One being stressful and argumentative 10, being expansive and like a co-creation. Number two, do you know your partner's income goals? Do you know their savings goals? And do you know their dreams for retirement? Number three, do you have a shared vision of the future and what you want to be able to have, do, experience, and invest in with your money? So you and your partner, right? Do you have a shared vision of the future and what you're trying to have, do, create, and invest in moving forward? Number four, what are your individual fears around money and the future? So thinking about you, 
And then thinking about your partner. What are their individual fears around money in the future? Do you share, number five, do you share similar mindsets or spending habits? And if not, is that causing any friction? Number six, is money something you don't really discuss? As in, it's just kind of there, but you don't really address it unless it's like something that's unavoidable, right? That you have to pay a bill or something. But in general, is money something that you don't really discuss unless it's completely unavoidable? And why? Number seven, are one or both of you carrying guilt or shame around debt or your personal financial situation? And then thinking about how you can communicate that with each other so that it's not this hidden driver of secrecy or fear or arguments, but actually something that you can work on together in partnership, right? So this is the part that we were talking about of having these open conversations, yeah? So are one or both of you carrying guilt or shame around debt or your personal financial situation? So ask yourself that and then maybe ask your partner this. You know, if you are in relationship, this could be a great exercise for you to do together to just like open that door for the conversation, right? So that you don't necessarily have to be the one saying, hey, do you have any guilt or shame around your money situation? Or do you have any secret accounts or debt that I don't know about? (laughs) But you can just like sit down together and do these journaling prompts, right? You can bring it to the table and be like, hey, I was listening to this podcast all about money and love and how they're kind of connected and how openness and communication is really important in improving your relationship with love and money. So I was wondering if you'd want to do this exercise with me. Like, let's just answer these questions and have a conversation about it. Boom. Opportunity for growth together. Yeah. And the last one, I think it's number eight. I don't really know. I lost count. Um, what would it look like and feel like to approach money as a team and to dream together more often about the future? What would that look and feel like? And then again, if you're doing this with a partner and you're having this conversation, like let that be a conversation, you know, like what do we dream of together? What do we want to create? What do we want to invest in? What do we hope our finances to look like moving forward? What do we hope our relationship and our communication around money to be like, you know, even when things maybe do get hard or we are hit with unexpected expenses, right? What is our hope for how we'll approach that as a team? Yeah. One of my favorite pieces of relationship advice ever is always it's us against the problem, not me against you. So however you feel that that can fit into your life, whether it's just in your relationship in general or you as a couple and your relationship to money as a unit, I just think that that's some of the best relationship advice that I've ever received is it's us against the problem, not me against you or not my opinion against your opinion, right? It's us trying to solve this and figure out how we can face this problem and make it better. 
All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode all about love and money. There's lots of good tidbits in here. So if you loved it, please take a screenshot, share it to your stories, or send it to someone you know would really, really enjoy this type of episode. And don't forget to sign up for the free Abundance Activation Workshop on Sunday, August 8th. It's totally free. It's going to be on Zoom. When you sign up, you get an email giving you all the details. I cannot wait to see you there. I'm so freaking excited to utilize this amazing portal of light energy pouring into the earth and activate us and get us into the energy of abundance and manifestation. I will see you on the 8th. I love you guys so much. Talk to you soon. Bye.